Good evening, Wool Gathers, and welcome to episode 161 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Tonight on the episode, we're going to be reviewing the latest album from the Rolling Stones. That's right. The uh, 70-somethings are back. Charlie Watts is no longer with the band, but um, they've put out a new record, and uh, I think it's pretty good. I think you guys will want to check that out after you hear our review. And staying in theme with the Rolling Stones, we're going to be picking our favorite songs from the 1960s and some help from our friends. As they have posted some of theirs on Facebook, we're going to share those with you tonight as well. And, um, you know, if you like what you see and hear tonight, subscribe, leave a comment, feel free to share it with your friends. And I know Monday's going to love this, but smash that like button. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, try to do that. Joining me tonight, as always, is Metalhead himself, Mr. Monday. Step inside into his mind, it's boy band time, it's Metalhead Monday. Oh, hey, how are you? There he is. Sorry. Hey. I had a small glitch. You appeared and then you disappeared and then you came back again. I was on screen for a second, but trying to be funny and... Nobody probably heard it, so oh well. <laughs> okay, say it again like you're just fresh. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Welcome, Mr. Mundy. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I saw um, the other night on uh, Jimmy Fallon, which I don't watch very often because he drives me crazy, but um, Keith was on. And okay. so I watched it because I wanted to see what Keith had to say. Sure. And it was interesting because one of the stories that he told was about how they got the name of the band. And then the last song on this record is indicative of that story. I'll tell that when we get to um, actually reviewing the album. So, but it was fun. He played some songs and Jimmy did his Mick impersonation, which wasn't bad, but it was, it was kind of fun to see Keith playing those songs. Very cool. Yes, indeed he do. Uh, before we get started and jump back into the 60s and all of that goodness, I posted on Facebook earlier because today, actually for the U.S. it's tomorrow. It's the, uh, on this date, 1995 was the sure. release of Melancholy, but it was in the U.K. on today and we're doing the show today. So I'm going with the U.K. date and doing Melancholy today. And I did have a few people jump on with their favorite songs. Did you see? Oh yeah, you posted on there that your favorite is Zero. It is not a surprise. Did you see the other choices? Uh, I did see some of them. I saw a lot of uh, 1979. Saw yeah, bullet with butterfly wings. Uh, that says bullet with butterfly wings, but you know we're French. It's bullet, <laughs> bullet. It's, it's uh, called trying to do this quickly before the show starts. <laughs> yeah, those, yeah. Those those three were yeah. That was the big ones. Yeah, and those... you know it makes sense. Those were the singles, so everybody loves those. Well, I'm sorry to tell you all, but you're all incorrect. So, <laughs> not your fault, but <laughs> um, yeah, I did. This was I love this album, but I did that ranking recently and did that article mm-hmm. over at WanderingsAndWoolGathering.com, and it was my fourth favorite Pumpkins record. Okay, so. And the only reason was there are so many bangers on this record, but it's a double record and there's too much fluff and goofiness going on. So I had to knock it down a little bit. That's what took yeah. a blow of the other three. So I can see that. 
but 33 is the best song, just in case you were wondering. Okay, now we know. And everybody should check out XYU. Nobody ever says they love that song, but it is amazing. And it's really hard, so you probably like it, Monday. I will have to check it out because I don't think I know that one. Yeah, it, it kind of rambles a bit, but it is super hard and heavy, and Billy screams a lot, so it's fun. Yep. So I Can't love Zero because it's heavy. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I'm going to have to erase this now because I can't look at Boulette all night. But thank you, uh, Nick and Zach and uh, who else participated? Jackie, I think, participated yep. as well. So thank you guys for playing along. Uh, do you want to do the review first or are we going to jump into the 60s? Um, I don't know. I feel like we should. Uh, I like doing the challenge up front. And that's also if anybody that participated, if they're watching then you know we can entertain them because i i feel like we're gonna have some stuff to say about some of these songs so you know i i know i certainly do at, at least one song <laughs> and i knew it instantly that's that's how well yeah. i know you now from being on the show to know yep. that you absolutely abhor one particular song but yeah um, okay well let's jump into maybe we can each do a song or two and then um or kind of go back and forth. Let's check out Mike Harrison's mm -hmm. first. Yeah. And then we'll share one of ours. Um, so listener and also the owner of the pressing issue, pressing issue, who does amazing, amazing yep. comic work. Uh, Mike Harrison, he chose creams white room. Yep. Nice choice. I didn't even think about that, but that is a great choice. It's a good song. Um, that's uh yeah, I, I feel like that is a, a very big song, um, a lot going on, and I like uh, Jack Bruce's voice, mm -hmm. so I, I've always liked that song. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't think either one of us ever would have picked the next one, Eleanor Rigby. No. Not huge fans, but... Yeah, I, that, that is and I've heard lots of great covers of that as well, mm -hmm. so I mean, that... That I think is a sign of a good song where people can cover it, even mm -hmm. like straight up cover, and it's still like I mean that that vocal melody I think is pretty iconic. Yeah, and um, that has a little bit of relation to our show tonight because he, Mr. McCartney, appears on a song on the album we're reviewing. Don't give it away. <coughs> I mean, uh, the next song is "Change Is Gonna Come." Yeah, another nice choice. It's a big one. And um, give me shelter from the stones rounding up his list of four. Those are all good choices. On topic. Um, all right. You want to go ahead and do one of yours, Mr. Money? Sure. Um, the five that I picked, I, I'm. It, it's so hard to pick five songs and call them your favorites. This is so yeah. I really just kind of picked five songs that I love and I'm just going to do them in like uh, chronological order. <laughs> okay so there's a little bit of a discrepancy on if this song came out in 1961 or 62 but uh stand by me benny king Thanks. love it absolute classic it i mean the lyrics the message the that little you know shuffly sound and drum beat i mean it's just then you get the strings later on just soar higher and higher it's just that absolutely beautiful song yeah no that is a great song and a um, uh, little trivia here uh, it was co-written co-written by benny king and 
Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. And I mean, Lieber and Stoller, are absolutely legendary songwriters. They wrote for tons and tons of people. Uh, Elvis, they wrote a lot of stuff for Elvis. So pretty cool. Yeah, that is a great song. And 61 or 62 doesn't matter because they're both 60s. So, yep. I ran into some problems because uh, when I was looking at Zeppelin and the Doors, my favorite Zeppelin and Doors songs came in 70, 71, 72. Yeah, I looked at Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I looked at Led Zeppelin as well because I couldn't, I knew they started in the 60s, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I think it was only the first two albums. I think were like 68, 69. Yeah, and Ramble On was on there, and I thought about that one, but yeah. it's not necessarily one of my favorites. So sure, yeah. so I I went away from that, and mm-hmm. uh, my first song that I chose was actually it was originally a French song called "Come D'habitude," which is as usual, and that became "My Way" and made famous by Frank Sinatra, and All it right. is the longest song on the charts in the UK ever, 124 weeks. Um, at the wow. top of the charts in the UK. The next wow. closest is like half that or something. Huh. Which is weird. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It is. But yeah, gotta, gotta love Frank. Usually don't associate him as a 60s sound per se, but yeah. he was doing his work. Yeah, I mean, the man worked for a long time, so. <laughs> he did indeed. All right, let's go to um, David Stone, who participated with us tonight. Yep. And uh, he said that the Beatles, Zeppelin, and Hendrix, just to name a few, were some of his favorites. But his favorite song would have to be Mr. Mundy. What is it? House of the Rising Sun, man. (laughs) I can't get away from this damn song. Why do you Uh, hate it so much? I don't know. I I, honestly, I was thinking about it earlier when people were saying it, and I'm like, I don't know why. It just, it, it is like, nails on a chalkboard for me it, it i just hate that song so <laughs> much and it's not even like covers don't bother me as much it's just something about their sound and that song and oh i hate it so much i hate it oh, we have a comment oh i, I wonder who that is <laughs> <laughs> Monday would like it if he heard Bob Dylan's version. Yeah, I <laughs> bet I would. That might be the only time. Yeah, they like Bob Dylan more. Okay, Dave, well, that was Dave. That was the mentions, first one. Yeah, yeah. Dave did mention "Sound of Silence," which is a great song. So it really is a good song. Yeah, and um, you know, Dave Draymond singing singing that a couple of years ago really brought Pretty that good. I think to another generation of people, and yeah. and it was a really good version too. Yep. It's cool. I agree. All right. So that was excellent. Now let's go ahead and we'll share another one before we go back to audience participation. Um, I'll go first this time. You go second. Um, The next one that I chose was um, Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. Okay. That is a catchy little song. Um, I I love some of those 60s songs because they didn't take themselves too seriously. It was just simple music. Nice singing and brown eyed girl kind of falls into that for me. And that was one that we played a lot in college. And so that takes me back to college. And um, I really dig that song. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Van Morrison, man, his voice is just crazy. And I actually have something funny about him 
I listened to uh, Joan Baez on WTF with Mark Marin today, mm-hmm. and she something came up about him, and uh, <laughs> she said that he he has such an amazing voice, and she loved his talent, but he was like I I don't remember what she called him, but she basically said he was just like an insufferable human being, like she can't <laughs> she could never stand to be around him. <laughs> That's funny. It was pretty funny. I wrote that down because Sistine will want to listen to that. She'll need okay. to know what that podcast. Oh, is, I so. did. I I actually messaged her earlier. So. Oh. oh, I knew. I know she's a fan of her. So, all right. What is your next? Uh, my next one is from 1963, which it's this song was written by Don Gibson and I think originally recorded by him in like 1955, but. The version I love is from 1963, and it's a song called Sweet Dreams by Miss Patsy Cline. Patsy Cline, all right. I love Patsy Cline. I I fell in love with her when I was a kid, and uh, there's the the movie Sweet Dreams with Jessica Lange and mm-hmm. um, Ed Harris, I think, is plays her husband. Absolutely love that movie. Um, but yeah, Patsy Cline, man, just ugh, she just. Oh, just gets me. <laughs> Love her. Oh, fantastic. Um, we'll go to um, Lauren Gray. Nice. California Dreamin' yes. and White Rabbit. Both great Lauren. songs, man. Yep. I mean, Mamas and the Papas, their harmonies are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And California Dreamin' is such a well-written, well-crafted mm-hmm. song. So good. And White Rabbit, man, I it's hard to say, uh, you know, Jefferson Airplane is uh, underrated, I guess. I don't know. But I, I think you hear less about yeah. them now than you do a lot of other bands. And they went through many, many, many different iterations. And, you mm-hmm. know, Jefferson Starship, Starship, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, yeah, man, this this is just top of their game and i grace slick mm-hmm. oof, man so cool yeah two very different songs and yes. uh, both excellent songs yeah um, but i i think you're onto something though i think they are a little bit underrated i there are people who love them but i don't think you hear about them um yeah. especially when you talk about the greats of the 60s you don't really yeah. hear about them but yeah they're fantastic all right so let's hear your third mr mundy um let's see moving right along so we're going to 1966 now and when i was very young i you know when i first started getting into music finding music that i really loved i mean this was like maybe third fourth grade probably absolutely fell in love with the beach boys and i think it was the harmonies that did it honestly like the the their harmony vocals are i mean unmatched it's they're (laughs) they're insane and this was before kokomo came out Mm -hmm. so i just want to i just want to say that i fell in love with them before kokomo came out but uh yeah my favorite song of theirs is a kind of a pretty melancholy one called in my room and I absolutely love that song. I, it, it's 
beautiful and kind of sad and kind of mopey and which was very different for a lot of their stuff. You know, they're famous for like the surfing songs and the, you know, the upbeat, you know, fun, fun, fun till her daddy Mm -hmm. takes the T-bird away and that kind of thing. And in my room, I think it's very different for them and it is gorgeous. Yeah. I'm, I don't like the beach boys. So I just never could get that sound. I don't know. I just never was a a hook for me kind of along the, the lines of the Beatles. Respect, but don't gravitate towards. I love more of their non-surfing stuff is more my, because, you know, I don't care about surfing. Like, I see the talent. I hear the vocals. It's great. I don't care about surfing stuff. That's not my mm-hmm. lifestyle. You don't I have like, salt life? What? Yeah, yeah, right? I don't have a salt life sticker on my truck. Sorry. Whatever. All right. Um, my third, I'm going to go with, um, I'll go with the stones. Uh, we're going tonight. Sympathy for the devil. Great one. Uh, I love that. It's got that Samba beat the whole way through. It's just a cool song. And then this one has, I think a lot of meaning talking about Mm -hmm. all the tragedies that have happened through time. And, uh, I, they've had to change it a few times. I think there were some issues here and there performing it or events would happen they'd have to kind of adjust the song a little bit, but I think it's a, a fantastic song. One of my favorite stone songs. And uh, I don't listen to the Rolling Stones all the time, but I do yeah. have a, an appreciation for about 10 to 12 songs that I really like. I could put together <laughs> one killer album, you know? Yeah. And uh, this is the top of the list. Sympathy for the devil. And the uh, Guns N' Roses uh, version is not terrible. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like I've heard, a couple of good covers of this song. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Motorhead covered this song. Real? Now that yeah. would be cool. I'd love to hear that. I'm pretty sure they did. But um, yeah, it's a great one. Uh, I like how it uh, how it builds. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's because it starts out, you get the ah, and then the mm-hmm. kind of the the you know the congas or whatever, and then it kind of you know builds. But yeah, great song. All right, let's go back to Jackie Eirik. She has apples, peaches, pumpkin pie. I'm not uh, familiar that, with this one. I I feel like I don't, that doesn't immediately ring a bell, but if I heard it, I'm probably like, oh yeah, okay. You know what I'm I mean? Gonna, I'm going to pop this up real fast. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Not super familiar with that one. 1967 song written by Maurice Irby, produced by Jerry Rice. Jerry Ross, not Jerry Rice. <laughs> He's an athlete. He didn't do any of that. Um, performed by Jay and the Techniques. Yeah. Doesn't ring any bells. Like I said, I, I probably heard it. I'm going to have to check it out now because of the curiosity bug right there. Right, right, right. Okay. And then uh, Expressway to Your Heart. Uh, same. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. recognize that right away, but I've probably heard it. I'm sure I've heard it. I know you've heard the next one, Summer in the City. Oh, absolutely. Great song. Yep. Wendy. Um, yeah, she I doesn't know. say who it is, so I don't, I'm not sure. Judy in Disguise. That's a great, great pop song. And the last one is The Ticket. I don't, don't know, know that, that one. one. Man, Jackie, you are honest tonight. Yeah. Stumping us. We're gonna have got to something to something to seek out, I guess. Something to look up. Yeah, no, no <laughs> we've kidding. got homework. Okay. 
Yes, we do. All right. My number four is David Bowie's Space Oddity. Nice. Which just, it's just so epic. And mm-hmm. maybe not his best song or whatever, but there's just something about the epic quality and nature of that song that I absolutely love it. And every and everybody sings it. <laughs> when it comes on, you mm-hmm. instantly go to it and sing it. Yeah. And it is a fantastic song from the 60s. It's hard to go wrong with Bowie. It really is. I mean, he's, yeah, he just, from when he started to when he ended, I mean, he just reinvented himself so much over the years and mm-hmm. it, it was all cool. <laughs> Alrighty. What you got? What's your fourth? So moving on to 1967, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of different versions of this song. There are at least two that I love, uh, but it's Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. Heard it through the grapevine. Yep. That's a good one. It is so, so good. And I love the CCR version too. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they really didn't try to reinvent it. It just kind of, you know, played it through their filter. But uh, yeah, the Marvin Gaye one, I I think is the definitive version. And what's Mm -hmm. interesting about that is uh, Marvin Gaye was the second person to record that song. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first version was Gladys Knight. And but Marvin Gaye's version was the third version to be released. So it was and I mean, this was all within like a year or two. Well, who was, was second? I don't remember who was second. Oh, OK. But uh, Gladys Knight did it first and then Marvin recorded it. And for some reason, they put it put it to the side and then somebody else recorded it and released it. And then Marvin's version came out. And I, I mean, his is by far the best so. it was probably the pips yeah. <laughs> they're riding coattails yeah <laughs> no that is a great marvin gay is just so smooth yeah so good um speaking of smooth i was looking i was going to put some sam cook on here because he's one of my favorite singers but oh, yeah. most of my favorites came late 50s from him 50s. there is yeah. good stuff in the 60s but um i don't know i go 50s with him so i did not choose him um, we're going to do two now coming up. We've got uh, Tim Mundy. First of all, he just did one. Jimmy Mundy. Hmm. Who's that fella? Hmm. That's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we got Patrick Barlow, and he's yeah. got a doozy on there. What's that first one they got there? Mr. Yeah. Mundy? Like I said, I can't get away from this damn song. So, <laughs> But what's interesting about this, so... You know, the animals, that's like their biggest, far and away their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. But then they have this song, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Love that song. Love it. I, yep. I, I've i heard several different versions of it. I love the the structure of it, how they, you know, drop the music. And he's like, please don't let me be misunderstood. I love it. I mm-hmm. love that song. I cannot stand. Same band, House of the Rising Sun. Nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening and not watching, the second song from Mr. Barlow was Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Yeah. And um, his next choices are The Doors, two great songs, The Crystal Ship and The End. I don't know that I'm familiar with The Crystal Ship. But I don't immediately recognize that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was that on Soft Parade, which okay. is one of those. Uh, it was a strange album 
for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And it came tucked in between what people know and love from the doors. And it was a very odd album, I think in a lot of ways, but really experimental and it either turned people off or people were like, yeah, you know, they're really you know, doing it. Okay. So I do love the end. The end is a yes. great song. And so I think good. apocalypse now made people take, you know, stand up and notice that one even more. Yeah. Um, that Epic scene. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Those are great. Do we have any more? I got to see if I, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got uh, two more. We'll do those because we're going to finish with our own. Yeah. Um, Mr. Hilton, the purveyor of paper from Comics yes. Cube, came up with Nina Simone, and she I is did see so amazing. I I don't love Nina Simone. I know a lot of people do. I I don't love her. I don't. Her voice I think is very specific. It doesn't always work for me, mm-hmm. but. Her song, which I think I responded to him saying this, but her song, Mississippi Goddamn, Mm -hmm. is wow. I mean, it is a tour de force. And the the anger and passion she puts into that song and where it comes from, outstanding. Yeah. She's got a very rich, deep voice. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a really strong, it's a good voice. And she actually appears again. In the next shout out from Sistine, her favorite, one of her favorite, I can't believe she took uh, Look Ma off of here, but she did. And she's got Song to Woody, which is a song to Woody Guthrie in the hospital, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic song from Bob Dylan. Um, both sides now from Joni Mitchell. Joni. Who knows where the time goes from Fairport, Fairport Convention. Fairport I'm not aware of that one. Um, the title sounds familiar. The title sounds familiar. I don't know that band, but yeah, I don't either. I don't know if I've ever heard of them. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, Nina Simone, Backlash Blues, and it's a really good song. It's a short song. Um, a lot of her songs are pretty short, I think. Yeah. All right. There you have it. That was a lot of audience participation tonight. A lot of fun. And I'm really disappointed in Sistine that she took that off of there. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. Um, do you want to, oh, here we go. Nina has an amazing cover of who knows where the time goes to. Okay. Interesting. Let me see if I can figure out who in the world said that. While I'm doing that, Mr. Mundy, do you want to go ahead and go with your fifth? Yeah. So, uh, you know, landing right on topic. I also chose the Rolling Stones for one of my 60 songs. Uh, I did not pick Sympathy for the Devil. I went with, uh, from 1969, little ditty called Gimme Shelter. Because, mm-hmm. man, I mean, it doesn't get much more iconic. When you think of a band and their iconic songs, I, I mean, Gimme Shelter for me is my immediate go-to for the Stones. And for a lot of reasons, but I mean, it's, it's a great song to begin with, but then when you, you know, it's got the legendary, uh, you know, Mary Clayton parts on it when she just, I mean, makes that song. I think it's so powerful and I absolutely love that when her voice breaks in that song, they left it in. Like she offered, I think I, if I remember correctly, she offered to fix that and do it again. And they were like, it's perfect. So 
because she was just throwing everything at it and it broke her voice and they were like hell yes <laughs> <laughs> well i don't see it on there all right you told me three tough crap our show will do what we want because <laughs> we took five you know is that tony <laughs> no tony'd be like didn't you mean seven <laughs> who else did we tell about the challenge how many songs uh, were we doing i well that must be sisty then oh okay hmm. anyway um so my last one and this is a group that i'm pretty sure you hate so oh, yeah okay. and it's uh i love this is one of my favorite well i can't say one of my favorite records but it's top 20 record for me probably um it is the Velvet Underground and Nico. Oh yeah, um, the that record from beginning to end is just filled uh, with amazing songs. Um, I think that's for me. It's the height for Lou Reed, and I, I do like some of his later. You know, his uh, solo work is is pretty good, but this record is pretty experimental. John Cale with his electric viola, um, and sometimes it's just screechy causing problem like just cacophony of sounds in the background mm -hmm. um the song that there are two songs on this record about heroin and one is uh, waiting for my man and then the right. other one is heroin and the song right. i chose is heroin because okay. it's such a unique cool song as far as the structure where he's talking about the needle in his vein and it, and it builds every time it gets to a point it builds and then the guys the realization is oh my god like this is killing, you know, this is not yeah. good, but then to escape it, does it again. And it builds up again and then it goes all crazy. And then the final part of the song, essentially he dies and the song ends, you know, it's like this buildup. I know it's bad, but what am I going to do? And, um, and that's kind of the ending to it. And they hesitated to play this at times because people thought it was a celebration of drugs when it was not. And right. so that caused some problems for him. And, you know, the 60s is all about drugs and free expression and all that. So mm. easy misconception. But I love the song. I love the structure. And and I love the album cover. <laughs> Andy Warhol. <laughs> the banana. It's the banana album. Yeah. I'm sure everybody knows it has. I, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of Velvet Underground. I don't. I mean, Lou Reed is another one that I can't handle his voice for too long. I, I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I, I, it's not for me. It's whatever. But like Velvet Underground's one one of those bands that inspired so much of what I love. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't. I I can't listen to them. So he sings a little bit more on this than um, some of his later stuff too. Yeah, it almost was like spoken okay. word over music towards the end. I also don't care for Andy Warhol very much, but I think his art <laughs> I, I, is stupid. <laughs> That's it. Mostly. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's eh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. It it but it gets a reaction. Yes, and that's it what does. it's supposed to do. Yes, so. it does. Um, and screen printing and all of that. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. But um fun, fun topic tonight. I think sometime if we run out of ideas, we'll just say, okay, we're gonna do the favorite songs of the 70s. Hey, sure. favorite songs of the 80s. I got it. Maybe the night, you know. Because that was fun. And people it have works. songs that they love. It really does. Well, that's the first thing that came to my mind. We were talking about the Stones. They've been around for a minute. so Yeah, 70s. I mean, they're in their 70s. Um, I mean, I will, oh. aren't, 
Isn't Mick 80 or 81? Is I thought he was late 70. Is he that old? I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we have a connection. Bob hated Warhol, too. So, Monday, maybe you guys have stuff in common. <laughs> I mean, if I grow my hair long, it's curly, too. So, we definitely have stuff in common. So, <laughs> Oh, my. Um, I'm going to have to look that up and find out if he He might be 80. But I'll say this. I think on this record, he really sounds good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it doesn't absolutely. feel like somebody who's lost it. Um all right, I'm going to look it up real fast. No, I think, uh, no, Mick sounds fantastic on this album. I, it doesn't matter. That's the first thing I noticed. Like, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, man, this dude is 80, and he sounds fantastic on this record. Yeah, he is 80. You're correct. Yeah. Um, and he still moves really well. I saw the um, opening night that they had the little performance. Yeah, we were just talking about him the other day, my wife and I were, because something came up about his kids. He has, I believe his oldest, I think it's a daughter. She's like 52. And he has a child that is like six or eight. (laughs) Can you imagine? My really? Yeah. I said, I told her, I was like, well, I guess that's the, curse or blessing of being a man <laughs> you're able to do that for a long time no kidding let's um all right well anyway let's jump into the record it is um the first one in 18 years i believe yeah which is pretty cool it's long called time. hackney diamonds uh maybe a reference to themselves at this point <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but um there's i think there's a it's a variation. There's lots of different elements here. You got some yeah. old classic stones. Um, you got some oh, that yeah. have that clear vibe from the eighties and a couple there of guests. Was on it. There What's was that? one song that I, I mean, felt like totally nineties stones that I actually, because of that, I didn't really care for the song that much. <laughs> you know, you know what it was? Uh, it was driving me too hard. I didn't, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't really care for that one. It's it yeah. just it really felt like a '90s Rolling Stones song. I was like, eh. You know, it's funny. It, I didn't even have a note for it. Yeah. So we're two but, for two uh, on that one. But yeah, I mean, you got all kinds of. There's some country blues stuff. There's something's got like a real like kind of a disco beat. Like it's yeah, it's all over the place. Got some honky tonk. Yep. Um. Okay, so if we just kind of do our album opener, which was the song Angry, I think this was a fine album opener. And to me, this sounded like 80 Stones. I Uh, liked it a lot. Could have been Um, right after Start Me Up. Yep. I I love the count in. I thought that was Mm -hmm. a cool way to start the record. Uh, So that's that was cool. Um, It it sounds it definitely has that stone sound, but it kind of I thought it sounded kind of like modern Mm-hmm. stones like if you can conceive of that like a modern rolling stones sound i guess lots of fun uh kind of makes you want to get up and dance like mick you know so <laughs> but i didn't you know jimmy fallon did that for both of us probably yeah so. yes he did <laughs> he did indeed um yeah so then the the next one I liked quite a bit. This one had a, like a really cool drum beat to start it off. 
Yep. And it had a really cool saxophone solo that came mm-hmm. in later. So I would have rather this one be the album opener because I liked okay. it better than Angry, but I song. drums were cool. I enjoyed that as well. And you had the tambourine in there with the drums. So yeah, it's a fun song. Depending on you was the first point where I really noticed strong vocals. Like where I thought he was singing okay. really well. His voice sounded good. It was a little slower. Just a nice song. Nothing great about it, but that's yeah. where I noticed his voice sounded great. Okay. It's kind of a standard Stones slow mm-hmm. jam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what's... um? Yeah, I was trying to think of something I wanted to bring up. Oh, let's... Okay, well, we'll get to that, I guess. Um, yeah, so the next song is one of my highlights, so I definitely want to mention that. It's, the, it's uh, Bite My Head Off with Paul mm-hmm. McCartney. Um, and what I love about this is you, you see that Paul McCartney is on this song. Does he sing on it? Is he singing backing vocals? Like you can't even really tell, but he comes in with, uh, like that fuzz bass and it's so good. So good. I don't know if he plays bass on the whole song, but that one part where, I mean, Mick obviously was like, come on, Paul, or whatever <laughs> he says. And he, he comes in hard with that fuzz bass, man, and it sounds killer. If you're thinking you're going to hear this deep boom, 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 boom bass, you're not getting that. No, he, this, he, kicked, totally he stepped on that fuzz pedal, man, and it is yeah. awesome. And I this song kind of took me back a little bit because I was like, He's dropping a lot of F-bombs in this song. <laughs> I was like, go Mick. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the harder songs on the record, for sure. Yeah, this is great. I loved it. Yeah, that was good. And then um, that brought us into a song that was, I, I feel like, maybe the most radio-friendly. I mean, the really good song. I like this one a lot. I thought Mick sounded great. It had a really catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. And if there was one that's just radio-friendly for any radio station, that's probably the one. This was another one of my favorites, Whole Wide yeah. World. Uh, this is one I was talking about. It has kind of a bouncy disco beat with the mm-hmm. cymbals and all, with the or the hi hats, I should say. And uh, yeah, great chorus. The guitar solo is fantastic. I I really loved Whole Wide World. Yeah, that was my favorite song, along with Sweet Sounds of Heaven. Nice. So, um, and then I like it because now we're gonna go back, slow down a little bit, get a little mm-hmm. slide going on. Get some, some country blues. blues. Yeah, I was going to say a lot bluesier yeah. than the other ones. It's kind of a country blues. There's it's it's bluesy, but it's got that twang in there. Yes, but a country blues. Good yeah, stuff. That, that was called Dreamy Skies. This that song has. Yeah, I mean, that's Keith all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, mess it up's the next one. This for me is just a typical Stones groove. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they just have it, and when you hear it, you know it. Another catchy song. Yeah, it's catchy. It's up. Uh, it's kind of modern and dancey. It was just kind of, eh, it was all right. Nothing special yep. for me. Yep. Um, Live by the Sword. This one's a little bit funkier, a little honky tonky, um, but a, a good song. Better than Mess It Up, I think. Um, well, we have to say, featuring Reginald, <laughs> Sir Elton. <laughs> That's why that's how you get the honky tonk piano, and it sounds amazing. I love it whenever the Stones have piano. Yeah, I think it just takes their songs to a new level. Mm-hmm. I think it just fits perfectly with what piano they do. piano can work really well in rock and roll. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, you go all the way back, you know, little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis. And I love that. Um, the like rockabilly stuff. Piano works really well with a lot of that stuff, but yeah. And I mean, if you're going to have somebody play piano and you're the Rolling Stones, why not just get Elton John? And this is another one I love. It says featuring Elton John. You don't hear his voice. He is just playing no. piano on this song and he is slaying it. Yeah. Yeah. You would never know. Yeah. Um, you know, what's kind of cool is one of the stories that Keith brought up on Fallon the other night was that mm-hmm. people thought that the Stones and Beatles hated each other, but Mm-mm. they weren't tight or anything like that. But he said they would give each other a heads up like we're going to be releasing now, you know, hold off. Yeah. They didn't want their stuff competing with each other, so they did communicate just to make sure they were alternating releases yeah. um, for competition's sake. And I think uh, later, after you know, after the Beatles were done and stuff like that, I think they became closer and mm-hmm. like they definitely partied together and you know, they, they knew each other well. <laughs> I think Bob Dylan's the one who hated the stones. <laughs> Go figure. That's weird. I know. Um, driving me too hard is the next one, and that's the one that both of us did not yeah. really appreciate much. So don't listen to that one. Scrap it. Um, and then tell me straight with Keith singing. I love yeah. it. Takes me back it's... to TNA from uh, way back in the day. And uh, yeah, he's got an interesting voice. I, uh, I yeah, this one started, and he came in, and I was like, oh, there's Keith. <laughs> and uh like it's you know it sounds like keith it's he's done solo stuff before he sang on some stone songs and it's fine you know it's uh, he's not mick and but uh the chorus is fantastic mm-hmm. him and mick singing together um this song is really cool it's kind of dark like the guitar mm-hmm. melody mm-hmm. is I don't know, man, there's something there. Like there's a little bit of darkness or menace or something in that guitar part. And I like it a lot. (laughs) I was a little worried at the beginning because he sounded kind of rough. It almost, it was like it took him 30, 45 seconds to catch a groove and like, I don't know, but I caught that went on. I enjoyed it more. I caught that too. I think it almost felt like he warmed up as he went on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, next song, the penultimate song, is The Sweet Sounds of Heaven. We talked about this one last time with uh, yep. Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder. And um, just a great, fun, Fantastic. bluesy song. Yeah. Great piano, great singing. Yep. And um, I think you can go on YouTube and, and find the live version of that from the mm-hmm. release party. And that's pretty fun. They kind of, that last part, the last two minutes, they just kind of scream at each other. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. And then the final song is actually not their song. It's Muddy Water's song. Yep. Rolling Stone Blues. It was just Rolling Stone when uh, Muddy did it. And Muddy did it much better. Um, Just knowing that song, it fell flat for me here. Okay, well, I am not terribly familiar with that song, so I love this. I thought this was another highlight for me, and I think it's a cool way to wrap this album up. Sweet Sounds of Heaven could have easily been your closer. Mm -hmm. 
and especially the way that it ends like it feels like the ending of an album and then they're kind of messing around and whatever but i think it's this is a cool way to go out too i mean this is them going back to their roots they started out you know as one to be a blues band and they did all kinds of blues covers back in the day they've done blues albums and I just, I really like it. It's simple. It's stripped down. It's got a really um, lo-fi feel on the guitars. Like it's not, you know, they're, they're not super clean and overproduced. Like they're kind of dirty sounding and man, Mick on harmonica is just pretty awesome. So I really enjoyed it. I don't like the, their version as much, but let's just say this is their last record ever. It's kind of cool that the last song on the last record is the song that when they were on the spot to come up with the name of the band, they yeah. looked down on the floor and there was a Muddy Waters thing there and it said Rolling Stone. And that's yeah. how they came up with the name of the Rolling Stone. So I guess yeah. that's kind of poetic in a way, um, but didn't hate it. Just not the same. So overall, um, I would probably give this a th- three three and a half out of five and there are definitely a couple of songs i will listen to again uh i'm a little higher on this one i went about 3.75 out of five i i just really enjoyed it i think it was kind of a pleasant surprise i Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a huge stones fan i i love the hits and but i i don't gravitate towards them a lot but I, this one just hit me right. I don't know. I don't know if I was just ready to receive it or it just pleasantly surprised me, but I, I really, really like this album. So Excellent. there's a, yeah, there's a couple, couple songs I could probably skip, but other than that, it's really good. Yeah. At, I, at their age, was. at their age to be producing this kind of stuff still, I mean, Good for them. Yeah, that's impressive. It really is. So, um, and I too thought it was, I was pleasantly surprised um, because I didn't know what to expect. You get that late. Do they have anything new to say? Do they have anything new to offer? And Mm -hmm. I felt like they did. So, very cool. Uh, Next, is next week our interview? Yep. No. No, two weeks? No, next week's the Duran Duran Halloween project. That's right. Yeah, Duran Duran's putting out a thing for Halloween. It's got like covers, live versions, some fun stuff on it. It sounded really fun. So why not? We'll do it. That'll be our show right before Halloween. So we'll tackle that. Awesome. That sounds good. I mean, we'll put it out there and see if anybody else wants to listen to it and chime in yep. what they think of Duran Duran. All right. I think that's it for tonight. Any last thoughts, Mr. Mundy? No. I Like I said, just pleasantly surprised by this. Uh, the challenge was super fun. Appreciate everybody for participating. So, yeah, this was a fun one. Fun week. Indeed. All right. Well, we will see you next week with Duran Duran, which um, I loved them when I was in middle yeah. school. So. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Simon can still get
get it out there. We'll see. I, about to I find mean, out. I'm of the MTV generation, so mm-hmm. that was they were all over it, and I loved all their stuff. So, yep, very good. So that should be fun. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Castbox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, comics, reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. We will see you next week for episode 162, Duran Duran. Until then, bye now. (laughs) 